Welcome to the next episode of the Mental Health Janitors, where we help you clean up the mess in your head. I'm your host, Sergeant Q, and with me as always, Doc Jess. Hi, welcome. All right, guys, this is a really cool episode. So this is three of a three-part series we're doing on reducing stress in your life. So week one, we talked about some general use things you can do to reduce stress in your life. Last week, we had a more targeted approach at how to reduce stress by taking control of your financial future. And today we're going to talk about stress reduction when it comes to relationships. So buckle up, guys, because we're going to get right into this stuff. And then we're going to start talking about this really cool relationship app, which we found it's called Paired. And so I downloaded it today. I'm going to be working with my spouse on it. I'll report back to you guys. I can tell you there's already some things I don't like about it. I was going to say really cool app. That wasn't the vibe I was getting from you. It, Free it, show. Hey, it was a cool app until I started to try and use it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And, and here's the thing. I'm harder on these things than most people because mm-hmm. I am a developer. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I'm just harder on those things. Then we've got some really cool scriptures, some ancient wisdom to kick to mm-hmm. you guys about relationships coming from Hebrews. And then we're going to get into our tool for our toolbox and our practical application, which is communication basics, which sounds really, really fun. Really fun. All right. Are you guys ready? Let's get into Hold it. Hold on. We got the word teaser. Oh, the trivia. I lost last week. He, you, I lost. Oh, okay. Okay. We lost. lost. We lost. We it's lost. Us, it's us against the cards. The there we cards. go. Teamwork. There we go. Teamwork makes the dream work. There you go. All right. Is that a hashtag or a tagline? That's a tagline. That's two. Oh, great. I'm totally Hashtag's like one word or two words. Okay. Word teaser. Random knowledge. What are the most expensive baggage travel fees? You travel a lot. You should know this. Wait, we're talking, we're talking airline, right? What are the most expensive baggage travel fees? Okay. So the most expensive baggage travel fees would be emotional damage. Emotional damage. (laughs) I think emotional baggage that you carry around because <laughs> no, it could cost answer. you your marriage, your uh, job. Okay. Way to think outside the box there, Q. <laughs> no. Okay. So most expensive baggage travel fee. I would probably say if you're transporting a corpse because you're handling um, biohazard material that has to be cared for. So you have to have 24 hour surveillance. I would say yes. Human remains. Mm, good answer. Says here, anything you take into space. It currently Dang, that is so true. It currently costs ten thousand a pound to supply the International Space Station. If you're a space bound, pack light. Dang it, I am a space nerd too. I didn't even consider space. Yeah. Wow, I'm kind of on a losing streak right now. You okay. making it cheaper though. He is, we yeah. are Space on a losing X. streak. Yes. You lose, I lose. Dang you. it. Dang it. <laughs> Space, that's right. My goodness. All right. Well, let's, you know, you guys keep coming back for those. Those are fun. Yeah. You'll, you'll get one eventually. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you might just say, we're going to get into the current event. Hey, we got something going on on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the occasional bang. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> just, that'll help if it's major. Sure, sure, reset, sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment. But first, if you guys hear some banging, something like that, it's totally fine. We got a guy on the roof. This is Seattle. It rains all the time. We got a small leak here. So I got a guy on the roof fixing it. So just ignore those bangs. Totally fine. All right, let's get into it. Our current event, we talk about, you You, you were talking about this, the number yep. one relationship killer. Sure. So let's talk about that. Yeah. It, it found it on an article and it being in the counseling field, I can attest to this being one of the biggest relationship killers. And that is contempt for each other. Um, the tag or like the quote of, I wish we'd never met. So, so break down contempt. What does that word mean? Contempt means seeing each other through the lens of resentment. Ooh. So resentment and bitterness. And, you know, if I can jump all the way to our scripture reading for the day, our historical wisdom talks a lot in, in, the, in the scriptures about uh, bitterness, resentment, and it warns you about it. So like here in Hebrews 12, 15, it says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you think about relationship killers and bitterness and resentment, or that content, contempt, it says it 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 defiles many. Think of all the kids that have been defiled mm -hmm. by their parents getting a divorce. Think about friendships that have been broken because of uh, a, a husband and wife divorce and make people pick sides. Oh yeah. I've been through that. That's horrible because yeah. now, yeah, it's like, well, he's my friend and now I can't hang out with him anymore because she's your friend. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird, yeah. It's a weird position that your friends yeah. get put in. Yeah. So many people are affected from this lens of contempt that you start seeing your spouse in. And I'll tell you what, 99 out of a hundred marriages go through a season of struggling with that bitterness or resentment towards one another. And I love one of my favorite things to do is to interview uh, older couples, couples that have been married for over 40 years. And I would tell you that one of the top three things they say that helped them make it was pushing through the years of contentment towards one another, which is why I was really drawn to this article because it, it is, it is, it is very, very true. And so I challenge you if you're watching this and you're married and you've either struggled with a season of contemptment in your marriage or you're going through it now, stay tuned and start praying. <laughs> so, you know what this reminds me of? And I talk about it all the time, the negative bias. That the yeah. negative bias creates this level of contempt because now you're seeing your spouse through bitterness. Yeah. And so those little things that just irritate you over time, if you don't deal with them, then you become bitter and it breeds contentment. Yeah. You know, Liberty, my 14 year old, she is, she's in a part of school now where she gets to choose some of her classes and she's possibly interested in owning her own cafe someday. So she's taking some small business classes and doing some internships. And right now she's learning about communication. And so she'll catch um, my husband in it. Like he, he calls it guilt trip ministry, but he'll, he'll do give the girls a little guilt trip as a joke, not really meaning it, but She'd be like, you know, dad, that really is manipulation. And I'm learning in my communication class that da, da, da. And he's like, <laughs> and he's so cool because he said, you know what, Liberty, I'm a terrible communicator. You have every right to correct me if you see me communicating 
in a destructive way. And she's like, really? He's like, really? So that's really cool to watch them like learn from each other and, and feed each other and build, build each other up in that. But also she was talking about, she was like, I don't know what it's a P word or something talking about. And I said, Oh, that's perception bias. She was like, that's the word. And it's, it, it's a, it aligns with that negative bias, that perception bias. It, it does. When we have a negative experience, it alters our perception of future events. And because we see it through that skewed lens. Mm -hmm. And so there's a great story they talk about. It's this husband and wife and they have a new neighbor move in and the wife is there doing dishes and she is complaining to the husband about how dirty the woman next door is. Like her clothes are always dirty and her house is always dirty. Her kids are always dirty. And that's, and she's always complaining to the husband about this. And then one day the husband washes his wife's kitchen window. <laughs> so that's a good story. The woman next door wasn't dirty. She was looking at her through a dirty lens, yeah. which made her look dirty. Her perception was skewed because her lens was dirty. And so how many dirty lenses do we have when yeah. we look at people because we've had a ne negative experience with somebody, couldn't even be that person, could be somebody who looks like them, acts like them, mm -hmm. who is that race or nationality or whatever, or has that type of job, where it be police officers. And so we've had a negative experience with police officers, and now we view all police officers that way. Another really interesting research that I've seen and that I read was they what they did is they took a group of women going to interview for, have you heard? Yes, I saw this. I saw the video of this. Okay. Yeah, they, this is they amazing. Took, they took a group of women to go into a, a, a social experiment. They told them they were going to do their makeup and, and draw a scar on their face. Mm -hmm. And so they got them all scarred up. They let them see themselves in the mirror and they're about to go into this social experiment interview. And right at the last minute, they're like, oh, we need to touch it up real quick. And they touch it up, but they actually erase the scar and send them in with no scar. And, and every single woman coming out said, oh, they treated me different. They... Oh, so, so interesting. And that is also another example of perception bias mm -hmm. is they actually showed him a mirror and they were so embarrassed because they, it clicked. Oh my gosh. I just made that all up in my head. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can take with, <laughs> take that or leave it, but it is proven time and time and time again, there is such thing as negative and perception bias and it is destructive. Super destructive. And when you look at our society, they the media loves to polarize these issues because they get more clicks on negative stories than positive ones. And so because they want more clicks, which means more ad dollars, which means yeah. bigger salaries, they push that narrative, yeah. which feeds on your negative bias. And then you start to believe these negative things about a specific person or demographic or city when that's not actually the reality. So now that you are informed, when you start seeing these news articles, mm -hmm. when you were going into election cycle, when you start seeing these election ads where all they're doing is talking negatively about their opponent, you're going to be smarter. You're not going to have a dirty lens when you look at these things and you'll be able to make a better, more informed decision about how you want to live your life. Yeah. So I'll get off my soapbox. I also, I and I also just want to throw one thing in there is that most people have a perception or negative bias that they experience. So I don't want anybody to feel guilt or shame surrounding it. Mm -hmm. I do want us to start recognizing it. And if you are a Christian saying, Lord, 
you know, search my heart, mm-hmm. reveal this mm-hmm. negative and perceptive bias that I might carry with me so that we can make those changes. But you're not alone. And it is, um, there is, there is hope to overcome it. But the first part of overcoming it is recognizing that it's there. Half the battle is knowing. Okay. It's army. I don't know army stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we know. And and so what Jess is saying about taking it to the Lord and saying, search my heart there. There's a guy that we know that was a big time racist Mm. and he started going to church started praying to the Lord to break his heart. And now he is always at the altar, just continuing that prayer. He has overcome that racism that he was struggling with. Mm -hmm. He now spends time specifically seeking out people of other races to pray with, to help him continue to break that bond. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really cool, the power the Holy Spirit has to be able to alleviate you of these bonds that yeah. we put in because of our negative bias, because negative perception, because things that happened to us in our past, our trauma. Or things that are, that are beyond our control that have been taught to us. That's true too. And, and yeah. that we don't necessarily have much control over, That's right? True. But it takes a lot of courage to step out of that, that into that vulnerability and transparency. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It does take a lot of courage and vulnerability for the other race to yes. be welcomed in and say, "Hey, I'll be that guy to help change your mind." Yep, I'll hug, I'll hug you and pray with you. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. We we I know who you're talking about. It's a beautiful thing watching it unfold. But we are running out of time in this part, so let's move on. Okay, but before we do, yes. no, I'm just kidding. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So before before we cut, we've already talked a little bit about the scripture, and we yeah. will get back to that. But that reminds me those. The, the gentleman that, that we're talking about, there's another more famous application of this where there was a, a black gentleman who had been abused by some white racist folks. And I can't think of his name. Casey, you're going to have to look this up and put his name up, watch his videos. It's incredible. So he could have been super negative about that. He could have attacked them and just been on this and rightfully so, been on this war against this other race and this other group of people because of what had happened. But he chose not to. What he chose to do, he was a black man, he chose to go and befriend people who were in the KKK. And he chose to do this because he knew they had a wrong perception of black people. Mm. And so instead of fighting fire with fire, he threw water on the situation. And he would go to them and befriend them and it would change their perception of black people. And there are hundreds of people that he befriended who are in the KKK that renounced that lifestyle, walked away from that organization and have totally transformed their lives because he helped them overcome that negative bias they had against black people. It was really cool to read this guy's story and hear about it. Casey's shaking his head. He's heard about this guy. And you're talking about people who are like grand wizards of the KKK. So really high up in leadership that he was able to become friends with, change their mind about his his whole race of, of people and have totally transformed their lives and lives of hundreds of other people. So it's fascinating when you can help people overcome or yourself, you can overcome a negative bias. What a huge impact that has on you and your friends and family, your sphere of influence. It's incredible. And if you need any more evidence, go watch that. His name is right here. 
Go watch his video. It's incredible. Read about him. Remarkable, humble servant of the Lord. And uh, just full disclosure with that is by no means are we advocating for those people in the KKK deserving that from him. They didn't deserve it. Mm. And and th- that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is this is an example of one individual who chose to infiltrate himself with a bunch of people that did not deserve his, his forgiveness and love and kindness and how that how that result is different than other ways of handling it. Right. right. Yeah. That's a very extreme case of somebody who really fundamentally yeah. went after the negative bias and just crushed it. It was incredible. And so if you look at what he has done, maybe it'll help you deal with the small, yeah. you know, little irritants that you have in, yeah. in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've experienced nothing to that extent. <laughs> no, no, me either. I mean, I've experienced some stuff, but not like that. That guy is pretty remarkable. Hero, hero. For sure. Status for sure. 50% of Americans say that they or a loved one have suffered from mental health crisis. Together, we can change all that. Introducing QActual, a revolutionary new peer-to-peer based mobile application. Personalized to fit your lifestyle with pinpoint GPS location in times of emergency. Connecting you to your care provider. With QActual, we will move you forward. Download QActual now and visit QActual.com. All right, so our scripture verse is Hebrews 12, 15. You guys can look that up, study on it, pray on it, and we're going to move right into our tool for the toolbox. So tell us a little bit about our tool, Jess. What is it? And then we'll get into doing the practical application. Yeah, this is this is just some communication basics that I put together from some things that I've learned from other people and some things I've learned in um, my master's program and some things that I've learned in the counseling sessions with one-on-one couples or relationship counseling. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is the basic sender and receiver. And I actually learned this from Pastor Matt. This is incredible. So as a, in psychology, as a, a master level counselor, we, I, I could write 10 pages on sender and receiver. Okay. There's so much that goes into it, but I love this because it simplifies the sender and receiver for communication for us lay people to remember. I don't have to remember a 10 page essay on how to be a good sender of communication. I'm just going to remember these three things. Right. Right. So the sender, there's always a sender and that could be somebody giving a speech. It could be somebody sending an email. It could be having a discussion with your spouse on Friday night. And that sender needs to always remember time, tone and place. So is this the right time? Is this the right place? And am I communicating with the right tone or attitude? Okay. And then that sets up the receiver to receive it a little better, receive the receiver to receive a little better because it's anytime there's a crucial conversation about to come up or potential conflict, that receiver is going to put on uh, a defend, deflect, or deny. And a lot of people out there say, oh, narcissists, they defend, deflect, deny, which they do. Yes. Every single person that has uh, a human body struggles with defending, deflecting, denying. It's not just narcissists. It's all of us. Okay. So if you are coming at somebody that you care about or you don't care about, whoever it is, 
not at the right time, not with the right tone and not in the right place, they're going to naturally want to defend themselves, deflect whatever it is onto you or somebody else or deny. And so one example of this could be on the, you know, like, uh, for instance, if I'm helping my kids get ready for church and my husband's like, I want to be on time. I want to be on. Let's go. Let's go. He goes out to the car and he's honking at us and we're looking for one of my kids shoe, right? This is somebody else's problem. This is not my own, but stay with me. So husband's honking. Come on, hurry up. Uh, big sister, little brother are all searching the house for little brother's shoe. And mom is freaking out like, oh my gosh, can you, can you stop honking at us? We're okay. Right. So then mom gets in the car and is like, I can't believe you're honking at me. You should have been there to help us. Right. Not, not the right tone. It's not the right time. And you're not in the right place. You're on the way to church. Okay. Right. So the right thing to do, right. If you come at husband that way, he's going to defend, deflect and I, okay. It's just the reality. Does he deserve it? Probably. Okay. But let's take a step back and, and I would, I would then challenge the, the mom to figure out a better time in a different place with the right tone to bring this up to husband. So it could look like have a great day at church, hold hands, make up, whatever, come home and start with what we're going to get into here in a second is a tool and how to effectively communicate with the right tone. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Also the receiver, it's really important for us to remember Remember, knowing is half the battle. I like start recognizing when I feel defensive, feel like I want to deny mm. something or deflect because that inside of me is telling me, hold on, I'm feeling attacked S- somehow. Why is that? Why am I defending myself right now? Okay. And doing some self-reflection. So we, do you have any questions? No, I had a bunch of jokes, but it just got real serious. So I won't, yeah. I won't make them. Good. Read the room, buddy. Just kidding. <laughs> I did. You did. Was that the right tone? Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> so, uh, what we're gonna what we're gonna dive into is defining the problem, and this is a tool that we'll make available for all of you guys. And this is something I send home with my couples and my mothers and daughters, or um, uh, any kind of family counseling that I do, any kind of couples counseling. I send this worksheet home and say, even if you have to sit down and write it out and read it from writing it out as you begin to learn this new tool of how to communicate, because you've communicated for 30, 40, 50, however many years, one way, it's going to take some time to unlearn that and relearn a new way of communicating. So the tool is this simple. I feel dot, 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 when you dot, 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 and then describe the setting if possible. And then we're going to jump to, could you please And then we're going to ask for an increased behavior instead of decreased and then be specific about what you want the new behavior to look like. And then make sure that your request is in a warm and gentle tone. So an example could look like this. Um, Oh, I have one. Okay. I feel. I forgot the word. I feel very discounted when you leave empty Amazon boxes by the door. In the future, could you please break down the boxes and throw them in the trash? I would appreciate it. How was that? That was okay. 
it was okay. It wasn't yeah. good. It was, it was okay. Much better than what you would have said before. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I would go as far as describing why you feel discounted. So I feel discounted when you, and sometimes it's Leave even the Amazon boxes. And sometimes it's really help. Actually, all the time, oh, okay. it's so, really so helpful I got it. to leave out the you. So an example would be, even I know I said you, and you can say you, but it, imagine this: I feel unsafe when there's Amazon boxes piled up in the hallway because for me, it puts me in panic mode because I go straight to thinking, what if there's a disaster or something? My family doesn't have a way to get out of the house smoothly. Yeah, that's exactly why. Could you put it into practice to break down those Amazon boxes as soon as you get them so that I know that my family is safe in case of an emergency? I feel like we need to build an app that translates what I want to say into that or what I say <laughs> into that. Can we chat GPT this thing too? <laughs> Be that because that's exactly that was great so you saw how i did it and it was rough <laughs> rough okay and then jess did it and just like whoop, smoothed it out smooth it out we, well everybody needs a doc jess in their pocket they just no. like say what they need to say and then it translates it into like rational healthy communication right the difference is we're taking ownership over our feeling and not saying the other person makes us feel that and that is a softer place to land mm. for the person receiving it. So if you're if if you're saying, um, I, I'm sure I've given this example. I'm going to do it again. I get up early on Thursdays, a little bit extra early, so that I can clean my whole kitchen because it's my longest day. It's where it's where I work in federal way. So I'm gone from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night. And when I get home, so I meal prep for Thursdays, a casserole, something easy with easy directions that I ask Liberty to throw into the oven at a certain time. So that as soon as I get home, dinner is ready. The kitchen is clean. I can come, you know, cause like you, when I come home and things a mess and like, I, I get anxious. Right. So, but if I know if I get up early on Thursdays, clean the kitchen, I know that I'm coming home to a clean kitchen and to a dinner that's already easily ready. So a few weeks go by and my kids come home and they leave their peanut butter and jelly snack knives out everywhere. And there's dishes piled in the sink. And rightfully so I could come home and be angry. But you guys, how many times do I have to tell you to clean up after yourselves? Like I'm feeling, I'm not going to say this, but subconsciously what I'm feeling is inside is taken for granted and dismissed. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, are my kids, intentionally trying to make me feel taken advantage of and dismissed? No. And so what is a more effective way for me to get them to do what I want them to do like this? I can't believe every time I come home on Thursday nights, you guys, you do this to me every Thursday. Why can't you just pick up after yourselves? Like, that's what I feel like saying. And that's what a lot of people say out of habit. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's how they react out of habit. Okay. Rephrase. I look around and I say, okay, Autumn's homework is out. She's eight. That shows initiative that she got her own homework out and started working on it. Liberty's got a load of laundry in, but there's some peanut butter and jelly smudge and some dishes in the sink. So I'm going to think something more along the lines of, 
I feel really overwhelmed and anxious when I come home on Thursday nights after a long day meeting with clients and the kitchen looks like this because I got up, I get up early every Thursday morning to make sure the house is clean for when I come home. I can just kind of let loose, relax and spend time with you guys. Cause that's really what makes me happy. Do you think you guys could put more effort into cleaning, cleaning up after yourselves on Thursdays so that when I get home, we can have a good night together? Which one do you think they're going to respond to better? The second one for sure. Yeah. Is there a third option? Yeah. Corporal punishment? <laughs> there is, yes. That's a different podcast. <laughs> no, but it's it's it, it communication is we both we want to reach a goal right. at the end. What is that goal and how is the best way to communicate to get to that goal? You want the boxes gone, you feel dismissed when they're there. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to dismiss you or disrespect you, but how do I communicate how I'm feeling? to get her to see how serious I am about this right. and how much it affects me. You know, this reminds me, Jess, we did, you know, we, we want to do three parts of a series to reduce stress, but I think that we should go into it as, as we're talking. I think we should talk more about parenting because this is a huge, I've, my kids are adults now, but when they weren't, man, I, I wanted to strangle them sometimes, you know, it's I wanted to do the Homer Simpson, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Parenting, I think, is a huge stressor. So I think we should, you know, after this post-show, we should talk about building out some episodes around parenting. And you yeah. teach parenting classes. Yeah, that's my bread. That's my, that's one of my major passions. So I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so yes. So Casey, put that down that we're, let's push back the other episodes that we have lined up and let's put these. Can you have those ready by next, by next week? Yes. Okay, perfect. So we will will start to put those in place for you guys. I think it's really important. And we actually have a guest coming in next week, actually. So it'll be after our guest. Yeah. So we we have a special guest coming in. Casey's working on right now. I don't know if we can get him. He's got to call his agent, see if he can get him in here. He's got a major (laughs) book deal he just did. So we'll see. It's just coming out. We'll see if we can get him on. I might have to pull some favors to get him on set, but we'll Mm, see what we can do. Guilt trip ministry. Guilt trip ministry. Um, but I think this parenting thing, honestly, is something that we really, when we're talking about stress and stress reduction, yeah, yeah. being able to manage your children more effectively would be a yeah. huge stress reliever because that adds a ton of stress on the spouses both mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sometimes they're at odds because of the kid's behavior. Yeah. And so this would be something I think would be incredibly valuable just kind of to continue our series of stress reduction. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So that, yeah, let's go ahead and we'll make those, we'll make those changes. Sorry, yeah. you guys are, this is happening in real time. So you guys are part of our planning. Hey, and if you like now. this, this content, you guys make sure you like and subscribe. Yes. So you get all the, all, all the podcasts and you can be a part of our, our inside group. Yeah, it's really cool. And you can find us where we have an RSS feed. So it's a really simple syndication. Yes. Right. And so you can find that anywhere you download podcasts. I get mine on Amazon Music. That's where I listen to it. And yes, I listen to our podcasts. <laughs> They're great. I love them. I can't help it. But we he likes to hear his own voice. <laughs> There, yeah, I know. We, we did a timer to see who talks more, and of course, it's no, Jessica. not true, not true. <laughs> we should do a, 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 a thing to see who talks more. Well, let's just take a poll and let's see. You viewers, okay. tell us, tell us who you think talks who more. Who talks more? So that that's what we have for you guys. It's been 
this has been actually a really fun episode. Yeah. It, it got a little bit deep there for a minute. We we're talking about this yeah. style of communication, but I was really paying attention because I want to be better at communicating with my spouse. So it's something I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. We brought you guys some really cool knowledge from the Bible, some really cool stri- scripture that helps you apply this to your life and realize that the problems that you're dealing with today aren't just today's problems, but they've been happening throughout humanity since the beginning of time. Yeah. So, don't feel bad. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. We're just trying to paddle it to shore, okay? Yeah. Together. That, that's what we have. And as always, we always want to do what? Three things. Educate, Educate empower, empower, and, and encourage, encourage you guys on your mental health journey. Yeah. So for the mental health janitors, I'm Sergeant Q. And I'm Doc Jess. And we're out.